Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Runners of NYC. I am your host, Chris Chavez, and I'm recording this once again without my co-host, Jean Mack. She told me to apologize that she hasn't been on to read any of these intros in weeks, but promised that she'll be around for the next episode. And we're going to be super pumped for those next episodes because we are excited that we're about to start partnering with some cool sponsors, so a lot of that information will be coming your way very soon, and you'll hear about them over the course of the next couple episodes. People seem to be pretty excited and supportive of the show, so as always, thank you to everyone who has shared us on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. If you tag us at Runners of NYC in your Instagram story, we'll be sure to repost it. And as always, one of the major helps that you can give us is by going to iTunes, taking a quick second to leave us a five-star review. That really helps new listeners find us, and we can share some of these amazing stories. Those amazing stories include our guest for this week's show. Our guest is Matthew Luke Meyer. And judging off of the reactions that we got when we announced this episode on Instagram, we know this is going to be a pretty fun episode. This guy is a familiar and friendly face in the New York City running scene. He's got so much energy and enthusiasm that it's contagious. And we found ourselves absolutely cracking up. Maybe a couple times it was a little loud and we did it into the mic. We did that multiple times throughout this episode. Matthew is heavily involved as an instructor with the Mile High Run Club and Custom Performance. He also coaches with Streets 101. Most recently, he ran a 239 marathon in the 2018 Chicago Marathon. So we discuss all of that. And you can stick around after the interview to learn how you can hang out with this really cool guy from the New York City running scene. And you can take some of his classes. Super nice. Would highly recommend it. The thing about Matt is that while he's popular in the New York City running scene right now, there's a whole lot that Gene and I did not know about him outside of fitness and running. After some hard-hitting investigative work, we uncovered some facts about Matt that may just shock you. They definitely shocked us. And although that this is our longest episode yet, we recommend that you give this a good listen because it's worth every minute. Without further ado, here is Matthew Luke Meyer. Queens with our first guest from Queens our, with our first guest that currently lives in Queens as well um, and that guest is Matthew Luke Meyer Does, do people call you Matthew Luke or is that oh, just me you know what actually someone recently was super surprised when they, they tried to like t- write my name and they thought it was one word like mm. Matthew Luke <laughs> and yeah. then Meyer but nah I don't know Matt Matthew some people like to use all three Chris is going to giggle a lot during this episode. I can already tell. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. I'm always here for the giggles. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, So we usually start by kind of getting a sense for when people moved to New York and how long they've been living in New York. I think you are originally from Colorado. I am. I am a a proud Coloradan. Nice. Put the rad in Colorado. (laughs) That's how you can usually tell. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, Jeremy, like when you guys had Scott on Greatest City, it's, I was like, oh, he's definitely from California. So they actually say like Rado. Rad, Colorado. It's when you're from other people, they're like, oh, I'm going to Colorado this weekend. I'm going to go to Vail. It's definitely how I say it. Don't make me sound like a snobby person. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you like. You could always hear if somebody was not from, from Colorado, they'd mm. say Colorado. Mm. But uh, yeah, from Colorado. Um, I was actually uh, born in North Dakota. Ooh. Nobody knows that. It's I a secret because that. I'm adopted. And so I was born in North Dakota and I spent like a couple of days cool. there. And then my super rad parents drove up and picked me up at the baby store wow. and took me back down to Colorado. And so like not a native, but I got there as soon as I could. Uh, so thank God you don't have a North Dakota accent. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would have been really nice, though, <laughs> if I could. I'd just been that guy. Wow. Oh. But um, no. <laughs> um, yeah. So from Colorado raised there my whole life uh went to college there left and came here to the city in 2015 so not i'm like not that long ago i'm still like a wee babe yeah, yeah. here in the city i'm coming up on what will be like four years now yeah. this year mm-hmm. i'm so ex- yeah four years wow so i think it was on your uh, might have been on your resume. So I was trying to do research on you. I Ooh. tried to do research on all the guests beforehand. But the great part about some of the people that we've had on is that there's very little on the internet about some of these people. And so the way I was going about it was just Instagram stalking. But I did find a website of yours. And on it... <laughs> I knew you had found this. <laughs> it says that you were raised in a small Colorado town. So how small are we talking? So I grew up on a farm in eastern Colorado... Um, Burlington, Colorado, shout out to the hometown. Um, so for like size reference, uh, we're just over 2000 people. Uh, I graduated with 42. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Right. Public school. Oh yes. Wow. The, and funniest part is we were the biggest public school in our entire County. No. Everybody's like, Oh, we're going to Burlington for the weekend. Cause <laughs> they have McDonald's Burger King and Wendy's. It was very exciting. It was just all in one building. Yeah, it was, one, it was like one street. It was like you just go straight down the block. But yeah, it was a. I grew up in a tiny, tiny town. And it was very interesting growing up there. I haven't been back very often since I left for college. But every time I go back, not much changes. And so you, I think you kind of ran through how much time you had spent uh, out there. And you mentioned mm-hmm. you had gone to college. But let's stick, I guess, with high school for a bit. Mm-hmm. In college, you studied... I guess you got your BA in theater arts and dance from the University of Northern Colorado in Greeley, Colorado. So oh. yeah, love how I knew that. I, well, I love that you knew this. <laughs> Greeley, baby. But before that, I guess, take us through high school or even before that, oh, wow. when you were getting into the arts, like what was that like? And I guess since this is a podcast with a focus on running, was running even in the picture at that point? Running was not even in the picture, even remotely. Like, I think like so many people, there was the presidential fitness challenge and that was what you did. And I ran that and all right, I ran a mile and that was enough. So we we can save, like we can eventually get to how you got to running, but mm -hmm. yeah. no. Oh, running, running, running is to a lot of people's surprise, uh, a new thing in my life. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like my favorite part of my life. But like it, I definitely took my time getting there. Like mm-hmm. in, in high school, I, I mean, even like growing up, I sports were always fun. It's like a small town. So like 
you did everything the same you, because there wasn't enough like people to go around. He's like, <laughs> all right, well, here's Johnny. He plays football, but he also does lacrosse and he also plays basketball in the fall before he goes into wrestling in the winter. Wow. And then he uh, runs around the track sometime. And so like growing up as far as that, like I did, uh, my dad is a state champ wrestler. Like everyone on my dad's side, all wrestles. They're all really good. Cool. And I was okay i was definitely okay <laughs> at wrestling and that was just that it was okay that's and fine and i was okay with it like I, I had a lot of friends who were really good and they like gave me something to do i did that and i swam and mm. that's like kind of like i got into like the endurance side of right. things there a little bit were you better at swimming than wrestling oh, i was far better at swimming than wrestling good. i definitely could win things at, 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 at swimming and i like i eventually got like a better record at wrestling but mm -hmm. like swimming was my my favorite of the above because you could just like go into the pool and back and forth for an hour or two yeah i was like a, a lifeguard at some point Ooh. through that I, i've done like a million jobs like were you pretty competitive with swimming like you uh, wanted to win or? i really wanted to win but two of my very good friends at that time always beat me mm. and they're brothers andrew and devin and if one of them listening. eventually went to go on to like swim in like the college level and like was like oh. a state college champ. But like I was always trying really hard to come in third place. And it's like <laughs> whew, I was a really solid <laughs> third place, 400 meter freestyle guy nice. or the I, would, I did the I am. So all, all, all the four, all your four standard swimming events and cool. anything that was fast, I was terrible at. I was just, the longer the event, the better. Like eventually, I was just like, because most of the time, people just didn't want to do those longer events. And like, same thing happened when I eventually joined the track mm -hmm. team. It was, I, I, I really looked at, there were there were other options of things to do. And I found which was the one that takes me out of school for the longest amount of time <laughs> of the day. Perfect. And involves lots of laying around in the sun <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go try. I'm going to run for track. I'm going to run track. And what is the only event that I can be on like the varsity, that squad, because I'm looking at all these events and no one in my school ran the 3,200. Mm. And so I did, <laughs> I ran the two mile. There wasn't, it was, it was weird in Eastern Colorado. You like ran by Kansas rules. Cause we like mm. competed against a lot of Kansas schools. I'm from the far side of Colorado, not the pretty part. Okay. with the mountains the flat part with flat i don't know if i've ever been over oh, there actually don't, don't do it <laughs> okay Good to know. it's really nice to drive through and stop and say oh those are beautiful plains mm -hmm. and fields of hay and <laughs> like the farm i grew up on oh, look at all those nice cows good cows <laughs> but uh keep going get to the mountains <laughs> but um yeah, did that and just like never was great at it. Mm. <laughs> I didn't really love it, but I loved getting to go hang out with people. And like as I moved into high school, like all of that kind of fell to the wayside. I remember, oh, this is so good. So I, I used to have really long hair. Mm -hmm. How long? Like, shoulder like, length? Like shoulder length ponytail hair. Oh, perfect. And every year during wrestling, there's there's like rules where like, it has to be off your ears. There's certain length rules because like mm. if it gets pulled, what have you. I, you can I get had, ringworm in your hair and oh stuff. God, don't even talk about ringworm. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. That's like the, <laughs> the worst it the worst part about wrestling mm -hmm. is ringworm. Ugh. But uh, I remember uh, it was like our first, I was like, I think I was a freshman and, and we were just like, just started to get back. Like it was like the first week of, of like of practice for wrestling. And 
my my coach. I was running in circles, and my hair was long at the point. And I, we had, didn't have a meet, so I hadn't, hadn't had to cut it yet. And I had like started to get into theater at this point, and my coach knew about this. And I'm running around with my locks. The flow was good. <laughs> and he said, Mar, are you going to cut that hair and be a wrestler? Or are you going to look like a sissy? And... He called me what a sissy. He, call he called no, me a the sissy. First, the name. A wrestler. No, no. Matt? Meyer. Oh, Meyer. Meyer. Hey, Meyer. I thought that was how you were pronouncing Matt with this accent. <laughs> no, no. This 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 guy, Coach Doug. Uh, he, he said, "Are you gonna be a wrestler? Are you gonna be a sissy?" And I think at a later date, I told him, "Coach, I'm not gonna wrestle anymore. I'm gonna go be a sissy." In like an act of defiance. Not that I'm implying that the arts make you a sissy. We need more arts and we need more funding for the arts. Shout out to the plug. But um, yeah, I, I did that for a little bit and then I totally didn't do anything even remotely athletic at all for like the rest of golly, till 2014. <laughs> Basically from like, 2006 to 2014 I just wow. didn't do a damn thing and I was okay with that I got really into into theater and uh like I was really into photography and graphic design I did graphic design in high school I ran like my own um graphic design company so like I could I would like design ads for the newspaper or for local people in town I did like uh sports photography which I still like loved getting to watch all these sports but I really liked getting to capture it in photos and then uh really found a lot of love in theater. It was like 100% like the happiest thing I'd ever found. Best thing that ever like happened to me. How did you find it? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I, after like no longer, I was like, I, I, I wasn't doing football in the fall. So I was like, what am I, what is there to do? Mm. And there was a, a spring musical mm. that I was going to go out for. Do you remember what it was? It was The Music Man. It was the music man. And I, along with 76 trombones, sat, I was the townsperson, and I just like loved this process. And I don't know, I just started to get into it a lot. And like we were a really small school, so our, our, our program, our, our theater program was more of like a, uh, an after school thing mm. rather than like uh, if you go to like a bigger school, they'll have like classes that you continue to progress through you can take like actual acting classes at your high school or like uh, playwriting re like analysis classes stuff that i eventually got to in college but um <coughs> i just really started to love it and like after we'd done this big show there was like uh, later the next uh, in the spring there was a really really small show that happened it was called exit the body Whoa. All right, it was it was it was like a farce. It was like a six-person farce. So there's a lot of doors slamming and glasses of water being thrown and very like silly, dry English humor. Mm. And what does farce mean exactly? A farce. I mean, a farce, and the fact that it's ridiculous okay. and it's like completely unbelievable. Oh. But like that's what like the the given circumstances, the style demands that like no way would somebody like poke their head out of a door the very moment that somebody ducked behind this shelf because they dropped their hat or something. And like, it just, it lives in like this world of very silly comedy. Um, I, 
it was like a really small cast and I got, I got into it and I was like, okay. And I actually had like a bigger part and I got to actually have fun with it. And from there I kept doing more and more and actually getting to dig into what performance is and like finding a lot of freedom and joy in that. I haven't thought, I haven't talked about this in a while. This is interesting. Um, that's crying. <laughs> I'm cr- really being <sighs> acting, <laughs> acting. <laughs> but um, and from that, I found like a really wonderful group of friends who we were like tight as can be all through high school. We like I didn't spend any time with anybody else. <laughs> we like every day together, and I'd always I'd always loved music. Mm. I'd always like I. I played in the band my whole I was definitely like super cool in high school so not only was he in theater but he also was in marching concert and jazz band the one two combo <sighs> man had to keep the ladies away <laughs> um no but I uh like started to get more into like musicals as well I really loved singing and I liked Found out I really like dancing as well and getting to like put all these together into one big ol' hootenanny. We can call it a big crazy thing. And like I remember I think the the first musical that I felt like I'd had a a lot of really good time with was um, I did Into the Woods, which is like a a Stephen Sondheim classic Mm -hmm. uh, about like a exaggeration of a bunch of fairy tales. Basically what happens when your fairy tales go wrong and we got to have fun and I was the wolf. And you got to sing this really fun song. Uh, were you ever like the lead role often? Or I was. I, I, I did a lot of character roles, but I eventually got to do a lead my last year in school or in high school. Um, it's called the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Oh, that's a good one. You know it? I'm familiar with oh it. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm so <laughs> impressed right now. Um, so I was the lead, William Barfay, okay. the, the very, very strange guy who likes spelling it's all about a spelling bee as you can assume and it's like just really weird kids acting super weird and like finding this happiness in who they are and like embracing that weird side and oh it's so fun and it's hilarious oh man it's really good i think it was on broadway years ago like yeah they usually it comes back every so often off broadway it's a good one you said that you didn't do anything really like athletic for mm-hmm. a really long time but when it came to dance i mean you and if anyone could has seen you dance recently you you've got some moves <laughs> and so are you referring to chicago yeah the chicago That's marathon okay. after party but uh no i mean like uh. so what was that like for you to i guess maybe put sports aside for a bit uh. and kind of use that ability to get around on a stage i wish that more of that transferred to the other, but it's like, there are like little things that transfer, but so much of it is, I don't know, it's like, it's a whole different thing. Like I I, I started to fall in love with dance. I did this uh, intensive after I graduated that like really convinced me to actually go to school Mm. for for, um, performance. And like dance didn't come naturally. Out of like everything that I did, I, I was I like, I wouldn't believe that no. after seeing you in Chicago. And because your resume says that you can do modern hip hop, jazz, ballet, ballroom, <laughs> and African dance. Ooh, <laughs> everyone's favorite. Um, well, I did, I did, I did spend a couple years studying all that, and it, I mean, go to school to learn about something that you don't know a lot about. So like, I was able to 
take a lot in like a sponge. Mm-hmm. That was always my goal going into college is I was like, I feel like I'm behind. Mm-hmm. Like when you, when you go to like a, a, a performance school, a lot of times you'll talk to people and they're like, yeah, I actually went to like a, like a high school conservatory mm-hmm. or I went to this and I've been doing this since I was five. And I'm like, that would have been really helpful for me <laughs> if I could have done this. And so I was like, my whole idea was if I'm going to go into this, I want to be a sponge. And that the way I'm going to get cast, the way that I'm going to get people to want to work with me is by working really hard and like soaking in like I have more to learn so I stand to gain the most Mm. which can like why not like don't see it as a setback see it as an opportunity and I don't know I just started to find um this love for for dance we can talk about dance specifically like I got really into choreography I had a wonderful teacher in in college his name's Monty we still get margaritas whenever I go back to Greeley, Colorado. <laughs> Haven't been back in a while, but Monty, he's always waiting at the Rio for me. <laughs> but uh, really taught me to like embrace the fact that like well, you, that dance is just like another form of writing with your body. You're just like telling a story and like what can you convey that's unique to you? And like how are you gonna tell something that's different? And I think that there's a lot of natural movement that you'll find once you like start to learn to listen to what your body wants to do and you start connecting it to music and like how you're feeling and what you want to say. Cool. I don't know. There's a lot of, I like to do a lot of like improv stuff was like one of my favorites where it's like you put on a song and it's like, all right, let's feel it out. It's a great choreography tool. That sounds very fun. It is fun. So after studying this in college, Mm -hmm. how did that bring you to New York? Well, uh, a lot of people, when they go to school for performance, you end up, especially in the States, like there's a lot of more, a lot more opportunities now, like uh, smaller theaters are still like, you can still make a great career in like another spot. Like I have a lot of friends who stayed in Colorado and are killing it. But a lot of times you're like, all right, I'm going to go to LA or I'm going to go to Chicago or I'm going to go to New York. And if you rank those three major cities, like is... Is it sort of like, okay, Chicago would be, you know, the C, then you go LA, B, and then if you were really feeling ambitious, is New York A? or is I mean, like- it honestly depends on what you want to do. Uh, like, I like film. I like doing film, but I'm not, I don't think I was ever very good at it. Like, it just didn't feel the same as like a getting to work through something night after night. Like, the the growth that you have over the run of a show, I think is something beautiful. But uh, you have all these options. Yeah, you go. Uh, you can go to LA, but a lot of film happens in LA. That still a lot of great theater out there as well. And Chicago, same idea. There's like incredible work happening. Uh, a lot of beautiful plays are written there, and things get to be premiered because it's a s- smaller place. Mm-hmm. But New York is like the spot. I'm gonna pull that card. I love New York. I think it's the best. And I think uh, this is the right audience to pull. Up I think it's the right audience. It's uh, it re- it really is. Like since I like as soon as I found theater and I was like start watching like these shows, I'd be like, New York is like this this cool place, mm-hmm. and I'd like watch any movie that had anything to do with New York, and I was like, this is the spot. Now this is all bear in mind I'd never been to <laughs> New York, but I was like, I have this beautiful idea in my head about what the five boroughs will hold. So what was that day like when you decided I'm finally going to go? Well, I had already like made my, I'd, like I had made that decision when I was like 14. I was like, I'm going to go to New York. 
I'm going to go to New York. But at the time, like right before I left, I was still in Greeley, Colorado, where I'd gone to college. I was bartending at this, at this speakeasy that I opened and I was the bar manager and I wrote all the drinks. I have like a a storied past in bartending and craft cocktails. (laughs) Who would have thought I was also (laughs) at the time, uh, working with a welding company because I weld and uh Still? when is the last time that you welded i haven't welded in like a couple of years but i uh, whenever i go home uh i can always i can always work on that uh bust out my my dad's uh torch welding unit wow. it's pretty slick um but i i used to um work at the welding company and then i also was a brewer um i was working at a, at a brewery in greeley wiley roots it's wonderful make they're just doing a new expansion like in a couple months i think I miss them. They have great beer. Um, but yeah, that's like very much the world I was in is I was acting a lot and I was either making cocktails, making beer or serving a combination of the both. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, what's what's going to happen is I'm just going to move out to New York. I'm going to do what everybody does. You just move out there and you start auditioning and you get a job and you struggle and you hustle. And I guess that's what they say about it. <laughs> And is that what happened? Did and you like is. go on auditions when you first got here? Mm-hmm. And I mean, even today, I still, when I see an audition that I like, I'll go in for it. Like if I, there was one last year that I really loved and it's, it's, um, I got, they were asking for like nineties, mm-hmm. uh, 90s alternative music oh, yeah, for the audition. And I was like, all right, me, some third eye blind, they're going to really want me. And you were they, singing? I was singing and they didn't want it. And that's okay. <laughs> it had been a little while. I was a little rusty. But I had a really good time. And like, I was able to not feel the pressure at that point. But uh, yeah, I went out here. I auditioned the, the thing that everybody does. You wake up at the ass crack of dawn and you go and you put your name on this dumb list. And maybe you'll get seen. Maybe you won't. Uh, a lot of the times I would have just closed the bar. Like the night before, I used to work at this place in Astoria here in Queens. I moved to Queens as soon as I got here, and I've only lived in Queens. Cool. Queens get the money. Uh, (laughs) It, uh, yeah, I used to work at this bar called Sweet Afton, and I love it. I was there on New Year's even recently. They're the best. And I would close this bar at 4 a.m. You get done, leave at like 5.30, and you could go straight to an audition. Oh, man. It's awful. Don't ever do it. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and then just not sleep or would you be able to sleep like later this is what i got really good at doing oh god i'm nervous <laughs> is uh, if it was nice and in the summertime i'd go sign up on this list and i'd go nap in a park wow <laughs> like a like a homeless person which is fine but i'd just be like no, i'm good i'm like and i like didn't need my nice clothes i had like i had like my suit in my backpack like my audition clothes i'd be like no, i wouldn't wear a suit but i wear nice clothes mm-hmm. i'd be like all right i'm gonna go nap in this public space and I eventually it was like that wears on you but I just like was going in and living in a illegal basement apartment uh that had drains in all the floors and they would back up when it rained too much oh my god it was crazy and like we had we had one door in and out and it was like they would our, our landlords would just come into the apartment whenever they wanted because oh. the hot water heater was down there and they would just go <laughs> and they, one time they let my cat out oh, no. and I was 
furious. I had to go find my cats, and I was crying, but uh, they would just come into this with this weird apartment that you never would know. You had to like go over, like through the backyard and then walk down the back stairs. But yeah, I don't know. I was just living in this apartment, bartending, and I was also working at a brewery at that time, Rockaway Brewing Company in Queens. Cool. Great beer spot if you ever want to go. Um, and, and that was the life every single day. <laughs> and when did you start to get into running? Like, um, I think I saw that there was kind of like a health-related reason. Yeah. Like, you kind of just wanted to get in shape a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I... I had gotten a little bigger and like by that, I don't know. I just like, <laughs> I was talking to this about somebody this week and they're like, you're going to tell all those great things you did. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like, especially like when I was working at the brewery, we used to go to this place called Petey's burger. Mm. It's like, it's really good. There's two spots out here in Queens, Petey's burger. And this one was right around the corner from my brewery. So I worked there three days a week and that meant I would go get a cheeseburger at Petey's three days a week. And I was not just a one cheeseburger man. Oh, I was a boy. two cheeseburger boy. A two triple cheeseburger boy. Wow, that's a lot of meat. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of meat. <laughs> we got the meats. Meat sweats, baby. Um, and yeah, and I would have that with like 10 beers a day. So, you know, like a little bit of alcoholism. I can't believe you didn't get gout. I mean, <laughs> gout's making a comeback. I read an article this week that said gout is making a comeback. Heard it here first. You heard it here first, guys. Get checked for gout. <laughs> but literally all I did was drink and eat burgers. And I was like, that adds up after yeah. a little bit of time. And when I wasn't eating those burgers, I was eating them at my restaurant or their fried chicken sandwich, which mm. is delicious if you want it. Go try it. Uh, but like the, the, the days just kind of all fell into one thing. And it was like six, seven months went past. And I look in the mirror and I'm like, have you like what happened i was heaviest i've ever been in my life um i I, it's funny that we're really close to new year's actually because um i had had this like really great night out Mm. yeah and i it was like one of those days when you go to sleep at like eight in the morning and uh Am I allowed, can I, I can talk about drugs on this podcast. Yeah, okay, course. cool. Well, I was doing a lot of cocaine at the time and that wasn't great, but like, I remember I had like, had like this, like just bender of like a couple of days that like culminated on new year's and I just woke up and looked at myself and I was so sad uh. at like where, where I was in my life. And I was like, that's really what you want to do. Like, I just feel like I was wasting mm-hmm. so much time. Like, Whatever it is, you you know, like, you never know where your potential is at until you reach for it, until, like, you can keep testing the edges. And I had never even, I hadn't done anything hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I hadn't done anything that tested any potential. <laughs> and I was so unhealthy and so unhappy. And I was like, I'm going to, I think I'm going to do something about this. And I started to go to the gym. And the only reason I started to run <laughs> was because I looked up this plan online and it was like, at the end of this workout, you, you go for one mile run. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> okay, we can go for this one mile run in, in Astoria. I know I can tell you the block. I was running from New York Sports Club on 30th Avenue in Steinway. That's the one I go to, yeah. That's, that's the one. <laughs> You're right by my apartment, you know, <laughs> if anyone wants to know where I live. <laughs> um, but that's the one I was going to. And I was 
dying. <laughs> but I like slowly but surely started to not look forward to like the workout as much and eventually like started to find like a little bit of joy in the run. A little bit of joy. And like so like um my partner Jesse, she's like hands down my better half. We've been together for six years and she had a roommate in college who ran all the time. Her name's Kat. She's great. She still runs. She's done like 25 marathons or wow. something. She's like, she just does them. She's like, I'm just going to go do one. <laughs> and I was always like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> I would be sitting on the couch <laughs> drinking beer and I would, as soon as she would leave, I would look at Jesse and be like, what, what an idiot. How could you go and do this? She's like, yeah, I'm going to go be gone for two hours. I'm like, do you know what you could do? How much TV you can watch in two hours? God, we could watch. I, I was really into rewatching Lost at that point. I was like, guys, we could watch at least two episodes of Lost right now. But it just like started to click and it was so hard. It was awful. But like... I started to like find a little place in my life to get healthier. And I started like actually like cutting back. I, I was smoking at the time as well. And so I went from like a pack a day to not, wow. which was hard. I'd quit smoking. I, I smoked through college as well. And I was like, this, this definitely isn't helping this whole running thing <laughs> or getting thinner maybe <laughs> does. But, uh, I, started to just like get rid of all these things in my life and like start replacing them. And I don't know, I guess I have like a really addictive personality that like if I'm into something, I'm 75 million percent into something. And I, I, I still run this loop. I have this four mile loop from New York sports club and I go up and around Astoria park and I come back up 30th Ave and I eventually was like, you know what? This workout, I need a little bit more. I'm going to go and I'm going to run four miles. Mm. And I don't know if I can do it. And like, that was the thing is there's like just little things, but like every day it got like a little bit easier. And I was running in like these trash shoes <laughs> and <laughs> my feet hurt so bad. And I just thought that was what it was. It was like, it was like oh. definitely like plantar fasciitis <laughs> 100% I was running in like awful shoes they were like I think like oh man I definitely got them at Ross I got them at a Ross and I was like I couldn't even tell you what kind they were but just I was like as I started to go and I was like running like probably 10 or 12 miles a week when I was like guys I run now check it out I run it makes me super cool and I like I uh, I was like very reluctant to like tell people about it at first because I still felt like like I was, I was still I, I ended up by the time what was it after like six months I think I had dropped like 70 pounds wow. still like a considerable sum definitely I lost a little bit of weight but uh I had a friend Addison who was like hey, you should sign up for a race. And I was like, I don't know how this whole racing thing goes, but what are we going to run? And he's like, I'm running this half marathon. I was like, okay, it's only a half. It's not a, it's a half, half makes it sound really easy. I was like, I love half. It's like the opposite of like a half a sandwich. Like I'd like a full sandwich, but a half, okay. <laughs> 
And it was the Verrazano Half Marathon by NYC Runs. I had a, he's like, we should, I'm going to have you run this race. This is like in, this is in February. And I was still working at the bar. I was doing this touring show for kids. I'll even leave the name out. But it was <laughs> a show that I did where I drove around in a tiny little fucking Scion. You ever seen those box cars? Yeah, yeah. That was me. I was like <laughs> guy in the box car. And I drove around and I would go to kids elementary and middle schools and i would talk to them about bullying and it was like a it was like an interactive kids show i'm i love kids but i was like talking to kids and that was i was doing at the time so i would like wake up the ass crack them go because you had to be at the schools at like seven o'clock so you have to drive to like rock away or like sometimes they'd be like all right we're in connecticut today or like (laughs) next week we're in texas or this week we're in milwaukee all right we're back in the bronx (laughs) It was so much driving, so much driving. You didn't drive to like Milwaukee or Texas. I drove to Milwaukee. What? I drove that little box piece of shit to <laughs> no. Milwaukee. And I swear I like, I can still feel it in my back. But I made it really fun. I'd be drove to, we stopped in Chicago. I ran on the waterfront there. I was like, oh my God, Lakefront Drive. Wow. Returned there this year. It's great. But uh, I did this show and the more I was there, the more I was starting to be like looking forward to the times when I could go running later. And I was like, man, why am I, why am I spending time in one thing that is like keeping me from the other thing? And so this friend was like, you should, you should run this race. And so I was like, well, before I run this half, I think I'm going to sign up for like a 10 K. And I looked in New York road and just had this one called the central park classic. Mm. And it's the first time I'd ran with other people. <laughs> and I didn't know how this old bag check or bibs and it's like what do you wear <laughs> i think i wore like a like a long sleeve cotton shirt nice. and some shorts <laughs> and it was in central park and i ran there i think once before i didn't know what i was doing but i just decided to run with some people and this was like 2014 no i think right? this this is 2017 2015 2016 16 oh, yeah <laughs> This wow. is 2016, so this was like just over, this will be coming up on three years that I started racing in like March. Chris is about to pull it up for us. Pull it up on, on the gram. I bet you it's on the is gram. Is this it? From oh my God, that's totally it. It's, well, so it's 2017 then. Is that really 2017? Oh yes, that is, so it's 2017. Which is mind boggling to me. Cause, so, two that's, half, so that's two and a half years ago? Yes, because okay, so yeah. I started doing my research on you by going back to Instagram and I was like, okay, well, you can learn a lot uh, if, from someone f- from just like what they've posted. And day so day, I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go all the way back to Matt's profile. So very early on, like it's all making more sense to me. There's a lot of drinking photos, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of picking up heavy things and and flannel shirts. Yeah, flannel definitely. shirts make you look good. July 2016, you posted a photo where you said, "My girlfriend thinks I'm pretty." Hashtag down 40 pounds. So you you had started this weight loss process in 2016. Mm-hmm. Then there's a soul cycle picture, soul cycle picture from July 2016. But up until this point, there is still not a running photo, and that's what I was looking for. I was like, all right, so when just to get an idea of when you started running, the first photo that I find was oh, you running a 5K. Uh, afterwards, it's the Brew Hop 5K. 
I completely forgot about that race. And so it's a beer race. It is. And so I found. Uh, so I looked up. Okay, what was his result at this Brewhop oh 5K? God. Because you were you were. Uh, I guess it, it's definitely had to have been one of your earlier runs. This, this is, is. I think this is the first. That has to be the first race I'd ever run. And I'm pretty sure. Wow. I couldn't find any result because their website is now down. Uh, um, so that left, that was another mystery that I had going. So this, this all sounds like I was just in, on investigation mode. I'm really impressed with your, your, your sleuthing. Yeah. Tip of the hat to you, Sherlock. October, 2016, you posted that you were 50 pounds down from nine months before. Wow. Look at that. And around February, 2017 is, I think when we start to see more running photos mm-hmm. start to pop up. And yet on March 21st, 2017, you posted a watch photo. Oh, classic. That had a 46-minute 10K, and it said that it was your fastest 10K yet, and you were really looking forward to this New York Roadrunners mm-hmm. race. You end up running 41 minutes and 22 seconds in the 10K on March 25th, 2017. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like the timeline of what you just got to. Yeah, I, like, I totally forgot about that beer race. Thanks for that nice... Fact check. This just blows my mind. Just how recent we're talking. Yeah, I mean, it's especially like when when I meet people right now, like if I meet me in like the run scene right now, that's like not what everybody knows is that like I'm like a wee babe, <laughs> a, a, a little lad in the running world, and I, maybe it's part of the reason why I'm so jazzed all the time about it. I'm mm-hmm. such a total geek, and everything's so fresh and new and I'm still like on this like crazy upswing where I have no idea where any of my races can really end up or I'm still like dropping things left and right. And then like after that, I had never even gotten close to, I think like my, what was my longest run was probably like eight miles before I ran that half. And then I was like, this makes sense. It's only a couple more. I'll just keep running like this. Do you think you'd have this, kind of like passion for running if you it's very different and i think you mentioned it before how you said that the way you loved the arts while you were in college was different than some of the kids who had also done it in high school Mm -hmm. and for Mm -hmm. them like it's been they've been doing it for years they get to college they kind of know like this is what i want to do this is my job for you 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 really dove into the arts really fast and found it and you loved it and it was like mm-hmm. a really short span of time right there where you were just like, I'm going to make this my thing. That's all I did, yeah. And now it's the thing with running, right? Right. Clearly I have a pattern. <laughs> but that's it's that same idea that like, I, I, I said something like, when I'm into something, I'm, I'm going to devote everything I got to it. And like, I don't know, I just found this, this, this love for running. I liked myself in it so much. Like, I don't don't know, like, I think that part of the reason that I really found it while I was auditioning, especially, was the fact that, like, I was getting really hung up on the fact that, like, when you go into a room and you are, like, going to give everything you got for this, for this person across from the table, and there's this group of these, they're sitting there with their books, and they're like, hmm, hmm, is this person what I want? You can bring in your absolute 100% best. And at the end of the day, sometimes that's not what they want. And like, I was really bad at separating that 
from like what I thought about myself and what I thought about like how I was in, in the craft, in the arts. And it's like, you could, it's, it's, it's so subjective. And I like would struggle with that subjectivity. Yeah. It's hard not to take it personally. It's hard. It's so hard. And the fact that you're like, no matter how prepared I am, no matter how much work that I put into this, obviously like these things pay off with, they pay off. Otherwise there's like no purpose to anything, (laughs) but the (laughs) fact that you're putting in work and sometimes you wouldn't see the results. And I have so much respect for my friends who are grinding out there and haven't gotten shitty and jaded about it and are still like loving themselves in it. Yeah, definitely. It's really hard to maintain that. And like, I'd like to think that I could keep doing that, but like where I'm at right now, it's like something that I continue to do and I still have a love for, Mm -hmm. but it isn't like the center of my universe anymore. And that's okay. But when I was really like stuck in anything, like I was working in this show that I didn't want to be in where I'm like driving to goddamn Milwaukee. <laughs> Milwaukee's great. It was the drive. I look yeah. guys, Milwaukee's super underrated. Yeah, don't, don't talk. I shit will about never Milwaukee. talk shit about Milwaukee. Thank no, you. like I'm a big fan of Milwaukee. It's such a fun town, secretly really fun place, oh, yeah. but just like getting to Milwaukee, the drive and the fact that like, a lot of times we'd be going to places that might not even wanted us there. And I was like, man, I just feel like I'm putting in time and work onto this thing. And what am I having to show for it? Mm-hmm. In the fact that I would be thinking, I would much rather be running right now because I think that it's like, I love what it is. There's a quote, like life is hard running simple. Like, yeah, yeah I put you put in work, <laughs> you carve out time, you set a goal and you like, slowly can make your way towards whatever goal that is. Yeah. I think it's nice that like you kind of define your own course for running Mm -hmm. and like you get a lot of validation out of it regardless Mm -hmm. of any external factors. No no one can decide like, you know what? I really liked your effort there, but I don't think Gene, that, 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 that OTQ, I don't really (laughs) like it. Uh, really wasn't what we were looking for today, but, uh, we'll see you again next time. Yeah. Like it, that like the clock is the only thing at the end of the day and there's no swaying that like there's no opinion involved it's like did you put in the work did things line up for you on that day yeah cool boom and then so you got into racing chris has already laid out in kind of a creepy way i like like this creepiness how recently it was (laughs) um but when did you make the jump to kind of like realizing you wanted to pursue it as like kind of Mm -hmm. a career i mean you do so many things that are just focused on running Um, yeah you are an instructor, yep. Mile High Run Club. Hey there, Mile High Run Club. I was just there tonight. Nice, yeah. On my way here. So yeah, now I, ha- literally it's all I do. Like mm-hmm. I live a really wonderful are life. Are sick of it at all? Not even a little wow. bit. Oh my God. I get so hype when I see people. Like tonight, was a, we had a really good class tonight. Uh, I, I talked well, to 615 and the 715. There's a lot of people who were like, when you are in like this room full of mirrors. Mm. So Mile High Run Club, this place that I work at, it's an indoor treadmill studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York fitness life is its own thing, but I think we're a little special. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, you get to see people up close 
working really hard, setting small <laughs> goals and surprising themselves. Cool. Which is so inspiring. Mm. When you get to watch somebody, you're like, God, I was going to be lazy today, but I just watched like 36 people kick ass that whole time. And now yeah, I got to go do something. <laughs> but um, yeah, now I work full time there. And uh, it was just really inspiring tonight watching people push really hard mm. and like everybody was just excited. I had a lot of friends in the class tonight. And do uh, you run during the classes yourself? I don't run during the class. No, no. I play the role of I write the workouts. Mm -hmm. I pick the sweet jams, which I'm I sure think are, are pretty very sweet. guys. I think they're pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, My yeah. jams are pretty tight. Uh huh. <laughs> And I uh, play with the lights around the room and I jump around <laughs> and tell you like it's like it's, it's, it's like a coaching session. Like I try to make mine as close to like when you're actually getting because it's, it's, it's speed work. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that I'm asking you to do either like hills or intervals on the tread. And I'm saying like this should be really hard. This should be a little bit easier. We're going to be focusing on cadence and turnover here or we're going to focus on like uh, running mechanics or we're going to push up hills. And like you're able to do it in this really cool environment where like. I can run next to someone who's twice as fast as me, mm -hmm. but we can both be working in the same place. Yeah, definitely. Which is super cool. But yeah, between between Mile High and Streets 101 and Custom Performance, those are my three places of employment. And I don't so like the the fitness thing. How did that come about? Is that that's where we started <laughs> with? That was that was roundabout. Right, right. That was roundabout entry. But um. The way that that happened is, um, you know, that same friend that Jess, my my partner Jesse, she uh, she lived with. I had watched the, her become like she's a, she's a personal trainer, I believe, and like has like a whole bunch of certifications. And I was always watching her study all the time. <laughs> and after I realized, Matt, you were an asshole <laughs> to think that this person was wasting their time. I hope she listens to this. By the way. <laughs> but uh jesse actually brought it to me she's like you really like this and you're you're like i'd, I'd be like hey check out this really cool workout plan like <laughs> it's really interesting how this works with this and like i started to just like geek out about it and she was like well, why don't you like do this as a thing i was like oh, i don't know uh and so i i slowly i i went and i i picked out this uh this plan this is the plan. This is like this thing. So what you do is, uh, so I'm certified through like ACE. It's this whole blanketing organization. And you go through all these. Uh, you, I started with group fitness. Mm -hmm. And I started there. And it's like, you'll just like learn like how to construct classes, like how to properly train people. What are like the way that you build these things? Like how do you do everything safely? So on and so forth. And while I was on this tour, on this this little little car, teaching kids about bullying, which was a great thing to do about the bullying part. But uh, I was also like when I was driving, when I wasn't driving, I'd be studying to get this license to be a group fitness instructor because oh, wow. I was doing a shit lot of time. And uh, there was a place that had offered me a job. I had like, uh, I knew one of the guys that worked there and one of the part owners. Um, it was the first place I worked at. It's here in the city. It's called Ripped. On the Upper East Side, they have a spot there. They've also got a place up in uh, in Westchester, and um, it was a treadmill studio and weightlift. Then like um circuit training, so it was like similar to like the Barry's Boot Camp sort of things out here, where you're doing like 
a little bit of strength, a little bit of run, a little bit of this and that. And they were like, if you, if you get the certification, we'll put you through our training here and you can work here. And I was like, awesome. I would really like that. And so towards the end of that tour, I had like finished the certification. I passed my test. I did all my like things I needed to do in person where you're like, oh, this is how you do this. Prove your knowledge. And I went in there and they're like, all right, awesome. You're hired. You're now a member of the New York fitness scene. Nobody told me that, but um, <laughs> I told myself that one day, like on the butt train home, like, yeah, dude, you're so cool. They handed you like a very cool card. You're like, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to pull this out sometime and show that guy what's what. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started working there and I slowly started like phasing these other parts out of my life of things that I was doing. And I was like, I worked at a couple other gyms, like here and there where I'd like teach here a couple times a week or I teach here a couple times a week. But I, uh, yeah, I, I made the shift into like full-time fitness is what you can call it, I mm -hmm. guess. And that's like all I do now is I, I teach at Mile High. I teach, I, I, I'm one of the coaches for Streets 101, one of the clubs here in the city. And through Streets, I was able to uh, find this wonderful place called Custom Performance mm -hmm. where we, uh, it's a physical therapy and fitness space like you come in best people in the whole world i love them uh i teach a strength a, like a running strength class there so like uh a lot of times that we find that runners are kind of scared of the gym or like if you want to run you should just run more true <laughs> but also you want to make sure that everything's ready to go so we do a, a a strength training class that like instructs people on how they can like take things that we teach them use them on your own but also like how to like properly implement strength training in your in your running life awesome. but yeah that's that's how i got into the into that it was all because like i don't know I, I'm, I'm, I had like a couple of events where i met the right person who i knew through a friend who was in a show because everybody in the theater scene knows each other and they're like you should talk to this guy he's like kind of likes running and i was like <laughs> yeah that's me i kind of like running and i'd like to do more with this and share what i really love about this thing with other people and now I get to do that seven days a week. Does a part of you ever, I guess, like stop to think what maybe your friends from college in like Colorado <laughs> think of like seeing just what your, what I guess your, your persona has become. It's totally different from mm -hmm. just acting. Now it's very much into, like you said, the fitness and running scene. And also I guess like for someone like Jesse, like what mm -hmm. has this been like for her to, to watch? Oh, wow. That's a good, I like that. So like, um, there was a long time that I was really like nervous to, to like let people know about that because I don't know if it's like, I think it's really like the fear of failure mm. and the fact that by doing one thing, it's not the same. Like say if I was a dentist and I decided that now I want to be a lawyer, no one would be like, look at that fucking failure of a dentist. He failed at dentistry and now he has to go resort to being a lawyer. But when you're in the arts, if you ever stop doing something, it's like, Oh, they failed at that. Mm. And now they have to find a plan B Yeah, tends to be like the thing. And so like for me, I mean, that was very much how I thought about it. And the fact that like, I'm so, I don't know, just, that's, that's like a, a thing I deal with in my life, just the fear of failure. I hate being wrong. I hate doing things wrong. Mm. Uh, and that fear of failure like really holds a lot over me. But I was so like really scared to tell people. But 
what really helped is I had a lot of friends that were like, they'd reach out and be like, hey, this is really great for us to see this whole new side of you. Like, I'm I'm doing this. I'm like starting to find a place for this, uh, like part of health and wellness in my life. And I'm like, really? I thought you were going to think I was stupid. <laughs> because that's what I would, I, I, I had always thought that that was going to be like, well, he quit acting and because he failed at it and is doing this other thing. And really it's like, I found something that I loved as much. And like right now is the time that I can pursue this. And like, I don't know. I just kept like right at that time I had started like stacking up some races, like stacking up. I did two, two races that were okay. And, um, I had enough people like, you're like, okay at this you should continue to invest in this and that's what and jesse's always been like my number one cheerleader like always in my corner no matter what and she has been like one of the people that i'd always seen like how she put health and wellness into her life i was like i can find a place for that like she did mm-hmm. and she's always i remember like she put it really well the one day she was like it was after like a a race or something She's like, I think it was actually after actually after the Brooklyn half, which was like a couple months after that first race. I uh, she was like, I think this is like the happiest and most honest I've ever seen you, Aww. right? And like, what did she mean by honest? Like this is like you're not w- trying to be anyone. Mm. You're not trying to impress anybody. Like, and the fact she she literally just a couple days ago showed me this picture she has of me from after Brooklyn half and I look like a, I look ridiculous. It's, I didn't know how to dress. Uh, oh man, I was wearing like a triathlon top. Oh yeah. There's nice. one like right after that. And I'm like leaning over like a bar, like over like a railing. And she's like, this is maybe my favorite picture of you because you just look so like, it's like a happy, honest moment that like, you do, just, you do look like you did an Iron Man. I, I look like I'm wearing like Iron Man stuff. <laughs> I'll be like, that guy definitely did an Iron Man based on the fact that he's like in a tri suit. <laughs> If I saw that guy today, I'd be like, does he know this isn't a triathlon? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, she, like, I, she was another one of those people that I was, I was really worried that she would be, like, disappointed in me because she's also an actor. Mm-hmm. And she's really good at it. She just finished up the national tour of Wizard of Oz. Wow. Right? Wow. She's, she's amazing. I went and saw her in all these places. It was so great. Uh, lined up actually like last year when um, I, we ended up being in like I was in Philly while she was in a spot in Delaware I say Delaware it was close enough that we were able to like see each other and we hadn't for a while because she was gone for so long but as I was progressing into this I was so worried that she was going to be like oh man like I really miss this person that I met because we've been together since college and I eventually got over that fact and thinking rather than like changing is just like leveling up like that that kind of person's always been there you're just like finding ways to like let go of how you want other people to see you and i think i spent a lot of time like very concerned with how other people saw me and like when i started getting into like the whole fitness thing it was like uh i'd like it if people could see me I think I, I, if I could see my, like if I could be okay with myself a little bit more, I can be okay with other people seeing like yeah. who I am. And like through that, I don't know. I've, I've found that I really like myself. I'm like young and super happy in my life and can't really beat that. Yeah. That's awesome. And then when did you start running marathons? Well, I 
didn't really know if I was ever going to run a marathon. I ran uh, that Verrazano half, which is like a double out and back, mm-hmm. which is for future reference. I wrote that down. I don't like doing double <laughs> out and backs. So I was like, this is the same section under the Verrazano bridge. <laughs> Sorry, NYC runs. So you runs. like run what, like the same direction? You, you just do it? Uh, you just out do it back, out, out, back, back? out back? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you're like, remember how boring this was the first time? <laughs> Now you're just more tired <laughs> and you don't know how to pace yourself because it's your first half marathon and you've only ever ran a 10K before. So you're like, I'm a hot piece of shit. Let's go. And oh my God, I died. Mm. But uh, I was like, I don't know how anybody ever run twice this. <laughs> and then later that, and then like four weeks later, I ran Brooklyn half, which was great. Mm. Ended up, what did I run there? Like 126. That's what the Instagram post says. That's what it says. You <laughs> leave it to the researcher. Chris knows your life better than you. You do. I should have. I should have had my own notes. Um, <laughs> all I have is this Sports Illustrated about Golden State. Um, but I hadn't really thought about it. And one day, I was on ClassPass. You know, it's this thing here in New York where you can sign up for classes and things. And I had had some friends that were like, do you like running? And I was like, oh, clearly I like running. And they're like, oh, you should try this place called Mile High Run Club. Mm. I was like, okay. And I go in and I take this class and as fate would have it, one of my very good friends, not at that point, but soon to be, Vinny was teaching. Nice. Coach Vinny Mills. He was teaching. And I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> what is this? And um, afterwards, he... I was like, dude, what do you, do you, you run? Do you, you, what do you do? Who do you run for? Like, is you're running, you're running fast. Who do you run for? And I was like, ah, what do you mean? <laughs> Who, what? I had no idea what the crew scene was. I had no idea what the clubs, like when I was at like that, those, those races, I was like, where did people get these cool shirts? Like <laughs> some of them match each other. These ones look nice. I don't know. What am I wearing? I'm wearing this goddamn triathlon top. <laughs> it's very tight. <laughs> Meant to fit under a wetsuit. <laughs> no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I'm looking like a KT tape mummy where I'm like, put a little bit of this on my knee, a little bit on my foot. <laughs> Anything that gets tired, you put KT tape on it, right? <laughs> Can hold this sinking ship together. <laughs> but I, I, I went into this class. I had no idea what it's doing. And afterwards, he was like, well, you don't seem like a terrible person. <laughs> You, what are you doing tomorrow night? And I was like, ah, I, I, I worked early. I worked at Ripped on the Upper East Side at that time. And I was like, I, I work till whatever time I did. And he's like, well, there's a beer mile happening at the East River track. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I assume it involves running and drinking. I'm good at those two things. Let's see what we can do. So I finished my class and I was like, I had to bring my bike with me. And I rode my bike like fast as I possibly could to get down to the East River. I lock my bike up and I go in there and I find out what the magic of a beer mile was. No idea how that was happening. Vinny had like told me, he's like, all right, this is what you need. You need these, you need four beers. They need to be 5%. Yeah, you can't do, here's all the rules. You got to run, you got to drink. Don't throw up. I ran, I drank, I totally throwed up, oh, no, throwed, no. threw up. Um, I was the last one to finish that beer mile. I ran like 13 minutes. It was, <laughs> it was shameful. I'm pretty sure I could walk a beer mile faster these days. Maybe, I don't know. But um, I saw all these people 
on the track it in at night and they were all having a really good time and i think i i don't know if he remembers this but i met finley that night oh. right yeah coach steve finley yeah coach steve finley was it like the last hurrah for the east river track no this was still this was still like a year before the last hurrah june 23rd 2017 so very soon after the dude it's so creepy (laughs) i like it though i appreciate that you care oh my god there's a post about it oh memories cracking open a lukewarm one oh wait open with the boys cheers to the slow smile i've ran in ages but the best time doing it thanks mile high run club oh man that's a good one cracking open a cold one with the boys uh so yeah i ran this i ran that mile and then afterwards then he was like you should start coming out to our workouts and i started to like i think like maybe two days later i went to take the bridge mm-hmm. and that was like really the crew scene where i had made like one friend that week at the beer mile and i was like they're like you got to come to take the bridge and i was like what do you mean we're gonna take the bridge i'll find out but we took the bridge and uh it was uh manhattan bridge and we, it was like pouring rain and i just saw these people running like just crazy out and back and just looking like warriors and i was like i need a piece of this i don't know what it is but it has i i'm gonna be in this next one i don't know if i can run it very well but like i started to make some really really good friends who were so wonderful and so warm and welcoming and were like you should just come run with us and i ran with literally anybody who would let me like is there a free friday run which you're cool i'm there do you do wednesday nights to go get pizza cool i'm there i eventually found my way to uh i would do like morning miles at jackrabbit through nike running uh i would go to osr on tuesdays i would uh anywhere that there was somebody running i was like i will go wherever i need to go can you guys run run with you guys cool november project cool we'll come over here we'll do this like anyone who was doing anything that was the spot to be i'd go tuesday mornings to 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 team mile high and after all this, you, I started realizing like the talk was like, uh, so like I'm training for my next move, I'm, like 14 weeks out from, and I was like, what are you t- tell me more? I don't, I've never ran a marathon. And actually, I take that back. I didn't tell anybody I hadn't ran a marathon because I wanted to seem cool. It was stupid. It was really stupid. And then so you acted like you had. I acted like I had. I was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Like mile twenty two is awful, right? Well, it's, the, it's the acting chops coming back. <laughs> acting it pays off more than you'd think. More than you'd think. But I was like, I never like told people I ran the marathon. But I never was like, yeah. And then I decided like all my friends were either at this point training for Chicago or New York. Mm this is middle of summers where everybody's already training and they're like uh yeah i'm doing this and i was like like when we are then you're running i was like one moment please and i'm like (laughs) fuck i gotta find a marathon to run what's like a marathon that isn't too expensive and still open is close by philadelphia (laughs) i know a spot and so i just started running with all my friends and we had like these crazy shenanigans i ended up running the marathon distance before 
I ran the marathon, an actual marathon. How how close before though? Uh, a couple weeks. Oh, that's, oh, that's not smart. It was fucking dumb. <laughs> clearly, clearly, I've learned a lot. Don't to anyone listening right now. I promise, if you bring me on as your coach, I won't do that to you. But you also won't do that to Steven, will you? No, absolutely not. <laughs> what I did for that crazy run is a. There used to be this really cool thing called Saucy AF. And this had happened after uh, after we had um, found out, like, all my friends was like, oh, these runners really like pizza. I really like pizza. So we're going to run and eat pizza. <laughs> and one of those nights at East River, we did a, uh, a pizza mile. Mm. It was really fun. I ran the pizza mile. I won the pizza mile. And I was like, I'm like Mr. Pizza Man now. And my friend, Francisco, everybody knows Franny. Uh, he's like Mr. Dollar Slice NYC. Mm-hmm. And so he had won like the, this like pizza 5K recent, right after that. And then like, we were like, there's all these like pizza things stacking up. And so we'd have all these friends put together. And one of these nights, a bunch of us got this message from Fran that was like, hey guys, there's this, not really a race. It's like a, a travel event. It's called the Five Borough Pizza Challenge. I've heard of it. It's pretty cool. And it's basically this way to like support transportation alternatives here in the city. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, all you got to do is you can walk, you can bike, you can run, you can take the trains, literally anything that isn't a car. Mm-hmm. And you got to go to five pizza shops, five different boroughs, and it's a, and it's see so you can get back the fastest. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want. And we were all like, but what if we ran it? And they, we told the people, they were like, you're you're ridiculous this is like 30 miles guys and we're like we run marathons and matt stayed quiet in the back okay i have no idea how this is gonna go and we gotta eat cheese the whole time oh man and so it just so happened that we decided to do this thing and there's a whole shitload of us and we go to staten island and we take the ferry and then we run around and uh, we're just eating. I ate like 10 slices of pizza that day. Mind you, you only had to eat five, but I was hungry. I was hungry. Fat Matt will always live inside me. It's it just like, I'm just fitting now, but you should see how much food I eat. Um, but I was just running around with a bunch of my friends and it's like 95 degrees outside and we're eating cheese and we stopped sweating, which is a bad sign in case you're out there in the summer and you're training and you stop sweating. It's bad. Drink some water. I didn't drink any water. I was just like drinking like Coca-Cola because that was the only thing that made pizza me feel grease. okay. Oh God, it's just pizza grease. Like, oh yeah. Uh, we, went all, we went to all these shops and I ran all the way down into the city and we ran all the way around and we made it back. And that was how I ran my first marathon. We went Staten back to Manhattan, over to Brooklyn, up and over into Queens, into the Bronx, down First Ave, all the way down. And you run to Washington Square Park is where we finished. And it was so fun. And I was just kind of dying. I was like, guys, this is a lot of miles. I think the longest I'd ran before that was like 16 miles. (laughs) And I was like, I can run however many we have to run today because none of us truly knew how long it was going to take. And ended up running like 27 miles. And, but it was like with a bunch of breaks where you eat pizza. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of weeks later, I, I, I ran Philly, also with Fran. Nice. And I don't know, at that, I'd gotten this like idea in my head because everybody's always talking about like BQ. And I was like, what the fuck 
it's a BQ. <laughs> looks up what is BQ. Looks up. I look up literally Google. What is BQ? Baqu- <laughs> it's an element. Um, uh, No, uh, no. And I and I was like, this seems like a good stint. I'm gonna try for this on my first marathon. I had no idea what I was gonna do, but it seemed like a reasonable way to go. And so I started training for the Philly Marathon and ran stupidly and like i didn't even know i I should look back at my training logs because like none of my runs made any sense my speed work was like non-existent i i I would have like started speed work i haven't started (laughs) you just aren't making shirts for that i think we have you have shirts maybe i have to look it up yeah i'd I'd definitely I'd, i'd get that on a coffee mug or a shirt give you some good ideas give chris a few seconds <laughs> but yeah and then i started training for the marathon and i will tell you it is really hard to not train for a marathon when everyone around you is so excited for it mm. and i ran philly's like besides like cim it's like the last one of the year yeah. and so i saw my friends run chicago and i was like this is so cool and i saw my friends running new york and i cheered and it was like one of the most magical things of my whole life i had never like seen this Mm -hmm. never been a part of it and i was like i think i cried a lot that day i cry a lot Uh, it happens all the time but uh i watched all these people like i stayed all day i still do i i I will i will stay all day till it gets dark because it is just like the the most amazing thing to watch Mm -hmm. like even you can bring anybody in doesn't matter if you run or not but you watch the marathon and you're gonna see like people surprising themselves all day and like proving to themselves just like how strong they can be. And I got it in my head that I was going to run a a three hour marathon and started training for it. And boy, golly, that's exactly what we did. Right. That's pretty cool to like decide to do something and then be like, yeah. 257, right? 257, first <laughs> marathon. I was pretty proud of that. It was good. Like, for like running for like a year, mm-hmm. not bad. So, I guess to touch on Chicago, I kind of want to tie it into <clears throat> this other post that you had. Ah. You, s- you wrote, I think this might have been a like global running day or something like that. Mm-hmm. You wrote, I started running to lose weight and was struggling to make it through every run. But as the miles added up, I started to find my place on the road. Now I love this shit. <laughs> you, n- you never know where the cap to your potential lies. That's why I run, not to beat anyone else, but to keep asking more of my body and see how far it takes me. So given this huge breakthrough that you had in Chicago where uh, just a couple months ago you ran 242. Yeah. Where do you, I guess, kind of want to see your running go? Like, do you have any big goals in mind? And Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of... I do. Chicago is fantastic. The the marathon will do a lot for you. It'll inspire you and it'll humble you. And Chicago was, though a breakthrough, a huge humbling thing. Jean was there. She saw it. She passed me and I was like, God damn it. (sighs) I was so excited to see you and wanted to run together so badly that I basically tripped someone else <laughs> while trying so to good. get you to come. This with guy me. fell for like twenty <laughs> minutes. He was like, the whoa, worst, whoa, whoa. the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> but I'm sure the karma will haunt me the second I die. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't yeah, she mean like. Me too. I'm really sorry to whoever it was. 
I was like waving to Matt and then I looked in front of me and was like, oh shoot, I'm about to run into this. This guy, guy was like fall. I think he fell for at least like 20 seconds. Like uh, he didn't arms actually reeling. like fall down. He, he was just, he was just stumbling yeah, for like yeah. 20 seconds. Like, when's it going to happen? Yeah, it was terrible. But we picked him, we, we like grabbed him and saved him. Yeah. But yeah, you blew past me and I was just like, you're like, come on. And I was like. Yeah, you were. You seemed like you were kind of cramping. Oh, I was cramping so bad. Did I look like I had like Your calves were bleeding? <laughs> ah, I knew it. <laughs> I was running with my friend uh, Ryan Starbuck at the time, and I was like, Ryan, Ryan, my calves are cramping, but he's like, No, they're not. No, they're not. And I was like, You're right. No, they're not. <laughs> so clearly they were, and they were bleeding to that fact. But um, yeah, I don't know, like. So Chicago was a big breakthrough for me. I was really lucky to have like dove so headfirst into the run scene here and be so readily welcomed by people who know so much more than me, who has who are more than willing to share mm-hmm. information and to help guide me. Like I, I, I mean, Chicago was like a huge breakthrough in the fact that I had ran, I had uh, gotten bilateral stress fractures earlier in the year go cracks in my bones because mm. i saw a bunch of people that ran 100 mile weeks and i was like fuck if i want to be a crazy runner i better run 100 miles in a week a couple times and i did and i got pretty fast but then i broke mm. but i was, wasn't ready for it and that's okay you can only run what you're ready for but um i actually put together a training plan that was not stupid and i had great strength training and I had great advice the whole time. Uh, big, big plug to my friends at custom performance specifically. Like they, they are the ones who like brought me back from broken mm-hmm. and like kept me level and still to now, now I'm always like, I just want to make them proud. Always want to make them proud. But uh, they like completely kept me sane and like on the, they put me back together. But like I, I ran like a, I ran two forty two on 30 miles a week because I, that's all I could run at that time without like. That's pretty wild. It's pretty. It's not bad. Insane. Yeah. Right. Uh, one long run, one uh, one quality run, two easy runs, <laughs> sometimes three easy runs. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I, I ran, ran Chicago and it was. R- <laughs> I had I had really big big goals in mind and I was really excited and I and I fell short a little bit but like there is no way to not be happy with a 15 minute PR. It's not allowed. I can, uh, you can, you can acknowledge that there was like, still you want more and you can ask for, you can, you can, you can still leave it hungry, but you have to acknowledge the fact that it was like a huge breakthrough for me. And the fact that I think I can run kind of fast sometimes now, um, or at least trying to, but this year I'm looking to run Boston or looking to, I'm, I will be running Boston, the Boston marathon. Um, New York half leading up to that. I got the blue point 10 miler this month, mm-hmm. but I'm looking to get a little spicy for Ooh. Boston. I, uh, I had a lot of people message me after Chicago. They were like, congratulations. Oh my God. I was like, uh, I, I was, I was, I had cramped so hard and I had welcomed death. <laughs> and after I had, Oh, I was like, please fucking take me. <laughs> Now's a good time. <laughs> If you're following along, death, <laughs> that was a really good time. Uh, but I didn't die, and I still finished. And uh, I didn't fall off as hard as I thought I did. Um, 
I remember getting to the finish line and like they had, they had, <laughs> this is terrible. Um, I'd gotten through the finish line and they was like, "Sir, do you need a wheelchair?" Because I was no. like walking, I was like, "Do I look like a bitch?" <laughs> and I walked away and then I was like, "What did you say?" <laughs> oh my god, you're so mean! And I'm like holding on to like the metal fence, like, <laughs> and I got and they give out beer at the finish line and I took a beer and I went and sat in the porta potty and I was <laughs> sitting in there and I got a message from a huge inspiration and friend of mine, Peter Bromka. Mm -hmm. And he said, great work. I see no reason why you can't pull a huge PR in Boston. Awesome. And like, what's the best thing to do when you're like, at first, like a little disappointed with something is like, just look for like, I, rather than like losing any momentum, I was like, we're, we're going to push it into Boston. So I'm looking to go there. I have a really great coach. Mm. I was introduced to him through some friends uh sweet man steven kirsch yeah jeans coached by him too <laughs> it's great yeah but uh friend of the pod is that what we say yeah, yeah. friend of the pod big friend of the pod big friend of the pod uh and we've been working for like two months now mm -hmm. i'm really excited i'm feeling good nice it's great but yeah i've got a boston coming up i'm running new york in the fall uh I'm throwing in a uh, half Ironman in the middle oh. there just oh. for shits and giggles because and you already have the, the stuff I've got, I've got, I've got the clothes as <laughs> yeah, you can tell from my Brooklyn half. Oh, <laughs> finally I'll get to use them. <laughs> I really though, I, I've like worn that once or twice and I'm like, you can't wear this anymore. <laughs> but yeah, that's the season is it's uh blue points, the NYC half and Boston. Then six weeks later, uh, six weeks later, <laughs> I totally forgot to bring this up to him. He'll find out. He'll find out now. Hey, bud. Sorry. Uh, so I'm going to run and do a half iron after that and then maybe chill. Maybe run some like easy miles for the summer and yeah. like go. Take uh, some bridges maybe. I would love to take some bridges. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Uh, so exciting big goals. Hopefully I can put together a spicy Boston and a spicier New York. All right, I guess we'll move into the final questions that we ask every oh, wow. guest. And uh, since you listen to the podcast, you kind of know what's coming, so maybe you've prepared a little bit for this. Uh, so, Jean, why don't you uh, lead us off? Um, yeah, we'll start with the question that Allison asked you. Okay. She kind of described wonderful. you as super competitive, which mm -hmm. I think is true. And she wants to know what it is that drives you. I think you brought it up really well earlier in that post uh, from a while back on Runner Global Running Day and the fact that, like, I love running and that it's totally up to me. Like, how far do you want to take it? That's where I find competition is there's so many incredible runners out here who I love to chase. <laughs> I'll happily chase behind somebody any day. And the fact that, like, that drive that... Uh, you never know. We like you never know where your potential's at. You you just have to reach for it. And I think I haven't found anything that's completely completely broke me yet. Like Speed Project this last year. That was close. <laughs> that was close running through the desert. I thought I was I thought I was a goner, but I didn't. And then Chicago, I thought I was close and it didn't. But um I think that's where that competitive drive comes from is that I'm like, I'm 
so hungry to like be at everything I can be. I like, I was actually listening to a really good pod this week with uh, this rich roll and Dave Goggins and Dave Goggins says, he's like, my biggest fear is that if when I die, I'll go up to the pearly gates and they'll say, look at what you could have been. You wasted all this potential. And that's coming from David Goggins, like crazy man, incredible things he's done. And so I think that's where that competitive drive comes from for me is that like, you only got so much time and I just want things. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting big things for yourself. Can we start some New York City running beef right now? Like who's oh, one yeah. person who you haven't been able to beat in a race, but yet you really want to? Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Going rogue. Well then. Like think these take the bridge races, these OSR races, maybe okay. even Brooklyn, right. uh, New York City half. Like well, who's, who are you going to put a target on their back? All right, I got I got two good fr- I got two friends out there who I love racing, and I never even come close to touching. Actually, I'm gonna put three out there Ooh. that I love. Um, one, I love chasing Tim Rossi because he's stupid fast, and I always remember there was a time during the OSR 10K last year, and he passed me, looked back, and I was like, "See you later," and I was like, "Oh, you motherfucker!" He said that. It was like it was like see you later or like looking good boys or like I'll see you on the bridge like it was like some like like uh, it was he like it said it and I was like oh I'm gonna try to catch you and I did and I like hung on his tail at the top of the bridge and then I was like <laughs> and then I died I think somebody took a picture of me after that and I looked like death uh, but yeah it was like he was like looking good and I was like oh, man you only say that when you feel really good I don't feel good. So I love chasing him. He's he's really done some amazing things this year, and like, I want to keep chasing that. Um, I love racing my buddy Jordan O'Donoghue. Also put together an incredible New York this year. We've ran together at OSR a lot, and he just keeps cleaning up. <laughs> and my fellow Streets One Hundred One coach, Greg Laria, stupid fast. I. Don't know if that'll ever happen, <laughs> but someday when I'm really fit, I would like to beat Greg in like, a, I don't think it'll ever happen in a 10K. The only thing that I could really, maybe someday I'll beat him in a half or a full whenever he transitions up to those races. But God, he's so just stupid fast. I can't keep up with him. But those are like three people who I love, but I'm not afraid to start beef with. <laughs> All right, so to get back to the regular questions, yes. perfect day in New York City. Where does it start? Where does it end? Where are you taking us? I've actually thought about this one because I, I, I do have like a definite favorite New York City day. And it's it involves a run. <laughs> it is summertime in the city, and it's a run to Rockaway. Like, mm-hmm. you start up early. I uh, go get like a this is, there's a spot in, in Queens. It's this really nice uh, deli, George's Deli. It's on 28th and... 38th i used to live right around the corner and they have my favorite bacon egg and cheese i go there i get that hop on the train go meet with my fellow streets 101 family and um just run doesn't matter how far it is if we do like 22 out to the beach or if you do 10 out to the beach like wherever mm-hmm. it is if you start in brooklyn but just like running to rockaway is my favorite way to spend the day you run down you make it all the way to the beach you'd run straight into the water you go if you get there early enough you go back to rippers and you get their breakfast burritos Mm -hmm. oh it's so good and then you just uh 
<laughs> yeah, you just spend the day there drinking Modelo and really enjoying the day. Uh, if, if I do it right, I'll take the ferry back and maybe go out to uh, go out and catch a show with some friends or go hang out at a bar or spend a, a night at home with my fabulous partner, Jess, and our really sweet dog, mm. Ellie Pickles. She's perfect. A <laughs> it's a really good name for a really good dog. Cool. Um, so do you have a favorite place to run in New York that's different than Rockaways? Or Ooh, like that, that, for that's like my favorite destination run. Yeah, but right. like, so I, I love running on the east side. It's great. I like I like dodging through everything, but like my spot to run is out in the story. It's that same four mile loop that I started running on. Like, but what I do now is that's like where I do like my hardest workouts. Is I run around um, Astoria Park, not like in the park, but on the roads around it. And like, if we're going for favorite, as far as like, that's where I like just run the most. That's where I do all my workouts and like to die in the park and people just see me trying to tear it up a little bit but like hands down i love that and definitely east side all the way down that's my favorite way to go that's where you see everybody you see all the good friends running on the east side you've run a marathon involving pizza but favorite pizza spot that's <sighs> uh, hard it depends on uh what kind of pizza we want if we want to do like square slices or regular I really like the square slices at Prince Street, mm -hmm. and I like the regular slices at Scars. Okay, cool. So you, you can only have one. Uh, Scars, because Scars also has Miller Light or Miller High Life <laughs> on tap, and I feel like I'm living my 1970s dream in the back there. Like my mustache looks even better, <laughs> and I feel super cool. Um. You're not from New York originally, so maybe you have a separate team, but Yankees or Mets? Oh, Mets. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's too much. I wear, uh, Chris, Chris is, I know, Yankees guy. Yeah. And like, all respect to the Bronx Bombers, but uh, Mets all the way. I go see the Mets like 10 times a year. I love going to Mets games. Uh, Queens, baby. It's really through a curveball because I, during my Instagram stalking, I saw Justin Verlander. Because I'm, because I am a big Detroit Tigers guy. Oh, okay. For, for, the only reason being that uh, my best friend growing up, Zach, he'll listen to this one. His family got me into baseball. And his family said, if you're going to like baseball, you're going to like Detroit Tigers. <laughs> and that's why we're going to watch it. And so, like, I still, though I miss Justin Verlander, I still, still watch the Tigers so I can have my AL and NL teams. Uh, we haven't done this question in a while, but I'm going to bring it back. Ooh. Weirdest thing you've ever seen on the subway? <laughs> Weirdest thing I've ever seen on the subway? <laughs> Oh man, there have been some really strange things, but the weirdest, oh man, there's been too many, but I'm going to think maybe this week, <laughs> Oh, recent. this week I had a really, really good one. <laughs> this guy was on a train all by himself. It was me and like three other people. And this guy had like dumped out all the trash he had 
He had a lot of trash. And like normally like when like someone's like congr- hanging out on the trains, I'll sit in like one of the corner ones. But he was like, no, nah, I'm going to sit in the middle so I can lay out totally. And he made himself a bed of like bottles and things. And so they were like constantly falling. No. And ding, dong, ding, dong. Normally this person would be asleep. Totally awake. Had a guitar with only like a couple strings. I couldn't tell what he was singing. <laughs> he was just like strumming away, laying on his bottle fortress. <laughs> and I was mesmerized. I stayed on the train. I was like, I will not leave. It smells <laughs> super weird in here, but I'm just going to watch you do you. Gene and I recently watched someone eat string cheese on like the subway and that like mesmerized us for like so good. a whole entire stop. I will watch. I watched a kid tonight on my way here tonight. This little girl, most, she looked so New York. She had her Tim's on and a Yankee cap. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And she had no joking, like 12. I think I counted a dozen churros. <laughs> Girls, maybe two. Two, three years old. And she wasn't like pulling out individual churros, but she had like her arms around this entire bundle, this uh, bushel of churros, you might say. And she was just like, <laughs> like eating them all rather than like taking individual churros as they're already very bite sized. Like you can, you can work your way down one. She was like, I'm going to bite the tops <laughs> off of every one of these churros. These are my churros, and I've marked them as thus. Nice. Okay. Our last question for you is your question for our next guest. And our next guest is going to be, oh, I'm going to butcher their last name. Parker, I think Fairback. <gasps> Parker. But do you know them? They are yeah. a photographer and they're a runner. They've had some amazing shots of Orchard Street runner races. So Parker and I know each other. They're wonderful. We met completely through OSR. Perfect. It was actually at like, uh, golly, what was it? It was specifically, I think, I think it was the 10K. And we just got talking and I started to see Parker at more and more events. And now every time I see them, it is just like the most wonderful, wonderful time to see them. Oh, now, a question for Parker. Yes. What positive change have you seen in the run community in the past couple of years? And where do you think that still should continue to go? Like what, what is there still to do that cool. Parker would think would be a, a good way to go? Perfect. That sounds great. All right. Well, thanks so much for for telling us Uh, all of your stories. Guys, I feel like we just talked about a whole bunch of silly things, and I'm all about it. It was great. That was wonderful. Thanks again. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Many thanks to Matt for taking the time to do the interview. If you want to catch him on Instagram, it's very easy to find. He is simply at Matthew Luke Meyer. But now listen carefully. If you want to catch him IRL in real life. And say you walk away from this episode and you're like, I need to meet this guy. Well, Streets 101 meets every Tuesday night and Thursday morning. And on Saturday mornings at 9.01, that's their community run, which is open to everyone and leaves from Custom Performance at 295 Madison Avenue. Custom is also where he teaches bread and butter strength for runners at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Mondays and Wednesdays. Custom is open Monday through Friday, 
and you can pop by there at any time. And lastly, you can catch Matt at Mile High, mainly at the Upper East Side location, Sunday through Thursday. So there you have it. And us, what about us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Runners of NYC. Support the podcast by tossing it some love on iTunes with a nice little five-star review. And if you're new to the podcast, and this is your first episode that you're listening to, you can go back and listen to our previous episodes. Some names that might have been dropped in this episode are guests from our previous episode, and you can pick those up whenever. They're evergreen. We've had on Joe Donato, Leanne Sherrick, David Perry, Caitlin Phillips, Hector Espinal, and Allison Desir before this. Those might just sound like names right now, but they've got some incredible stories. So go back and check those out. I've been your host, Chris Chavez. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Yeah.